if you have a story you would like to hear featured on this podcast, please go to AsTheRavenDreams.com and click the button to submit your story. Also, if the platform you're listening on has the option to rate this podcast, please consider doing so. And thank you. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if this story really qualifies as a glitch in the Matrix, but I'm going to submit it as one because there was some weird level of synchronicity that occurred for sure. And I think that synchronicities count as glitches. Plus, I've heard a few stories about weird dreams on your glitch videos, so maybe this one would be right at home with those. Honestly, the whole thing really did send a chill down my spine, and while it might not mean much to some, it meant something to me. A few weeks ago, I had this really bizarre and vivid dream. It was one of those dreams that was so realistic that it felt like I was really there and living it. It wasn't a happy or pleasant dream, far from it. It was traumatic, unnerving, it was one of those dreams that make you jump up in a panic because it really messed with you inside. In the dream, I was, for some reason, standing on a long bridge in the middle of a storm. I was standing on the side where the sidewalk was on the bridge, like I'd been walking across it. And I remember thinking that the storm had hit really quick. The rain was just coming down non-stop and I was standing there watching the water start to go crazy, like it was flooding. Suddenly, the water started rising rapidly and pelting the bottom of the bridge. I just remember thinking that I needed to run. I took off toward the end of the bridge, only for the water to go over it, and the bridge started cracking and collapsing in front of me. I remember slipping and trying to stand up so that I could run the other way, but the more that I struggled the more the bridge started to just crumble apart like it was made of styrofoam. The more I struggled to get up, the more it fell apart in my hands and under my feet. The worst part about the whole thing, and all the anxiety and panic that I was feeling, was that I just kept thinking, where is my wife? It felt like I knew that I was going to die, but the whole time I was screaming out for her and trying to figure out where she was and if she had gotten off the bridge in time, though I couldn't recall her ever being there with me at all. I woke up in a cold sweat, completely drenched, and actually crying. It took me a while, but I eventually calmed myself down and convinced myself that everything was okay. My wife was still asleep right beside me. There were no bridges in my house to worry about, and... It was just this weird thing that my brain had made up for whatever reason. Now, that in and of itself was weird and distressing, but it was just a dream. However, fast forward a couple of days when my wife and I were just sitting outside on our patio and having our Sunday morning coffee. Out of the blue, my wife mentioned that she had a really weird dream the other day that was bothering her, which immediately caught my attention. She mentioned that when she was standing near a river, just watching the water, 
when it started raining really hard, and the river started rising and flooding. As she went through recounting the dream, a knot started to form in my stomach. She said that she was off to the side of the bridge, and she watched as the water started to tear the bridge apart, and then she got hit with this wave of sadness and terror as she looked over and saw someone on the bridge that looked like me. She said that as she watched the bridge crumble and watched this person struggle, she tried to yell out and go to help them, but she couldn't. Something in the dream had pretty much cemented her in place, and she was stuck just watching the whole scene play out in front of her as this person that looked like me was stumbling, and then was eventually swept into the river. She described how she was crying in the dream, rooted to the spot as she watched it all happen, feeling this disgusting sense of helplessness. Every little detail that she told me mirrored my dream. The storm, the bridge crumbling under the pressure of the water, me desperately trying to run to safety. It all played out the same, but from her perspective. It was as if we had experienced the same dream, but from two different points of view. I felt a cold shiver run down my spine as the uncanny synchronicity of the dreams set in. We had both seen the same terrifying event, experienced the same emotion, but from two different perspectives. It was like the worlds in our unconscious mind had a crossover episode or something. It left me a bit rattled, but I just sort of played it off to her and said something like, well, I don't plan to be on any bridges anytime soon, so I think we're good. I ended up not telling her about my dream because it kind of felt like it would have been awkward to explain and just say, oh yeah, me too. It did leave a bit of a strange mentality though. Can two people be so connected that they share dreams? Like I understand finishing each other's sentence, but that's a conscious thing. This was completely subconscious or unconscious. Dreams are your brain filling in the empty spaces, at least from what I know, but this was really weird to me. So, I guess I have to ask the question, was this just two brains so connected in our simulation that we made up the same movie in our unconscious state? Did we both somehow connect to an alternate existence where this actually happened? and we maybe saw it play out while we were asleep? Hopefully it wasn't a premonition, because if so, I'm avoiding every bridge for the rest of my life. In the end, I don't know, and I'll just happily live with the thought that this weird thing happened, and maybe I don't need an explanation. I would like one, sure, but I don't need one. Maybe it's for the best that this just remains unexplained. I have a weird glitchy thing that happened to me when I was around 9, which would have been the late 90s. At the time, my mom had an older Chevy Astro van that we were looking to get rid of. I only have an older brother, and there are about eight years between us, so at the time he would have been around 17 and was already saving for his own car. 
times were a bit rough around then, and my parents had decided they were going to be a one-car family, since having the van wasn't really necessary anymore. Of course, I was a bit sad about that, because the van was a cornerstone of my childhood. It was a slate gray beast that had seen better days for sure, but it also punctuated literally every trip that I'd been a part of from the day I was born. So, yeah, it was sad, but I get it. Anyways, one day my mom told me that I needed to change out of my pajamas and put on some real clothes because someone was coming over to look at the van and she didn't want me running around in my Superman pants. I found it a bit odd. Normally, I would just stay inside while the adults did their adult things, but for some reason, she was adamant that I needed to be dressed so that I could be outside with her and this stranger. Obviously, I did what I was told, and sure enough, she expected me to be outside when the man came to look at the van. The man that showed up was pretty nondescript. He was a bit taller than my dad, wearing a baseball cap and sunglasses. He seemed friendly enough, chatting with my mom about the van, asking about the mileage, any issues that it had, just the typical car buying stuff, really. After a bit of conversation and back and forth, I remember the man looked over to me and said, What do you think, champ? Should I buy the van? I remember thinking it was neat that he asked me, like I was making the decisions for him. And I told him that it was a really good van, and I thought that he would like it if he bought it. He laughed and said okay, telling my mom that he would take it. I remember that, after that, I was bored out of my mind, because they had to do the whole process for selling the car. I was sitting there playing with pebbles in the driveway while they chatted more and filled out the bill of sale, and the title and all that stuff. Then... I watched as the man handed my mom the cash, she handed him the keys, and he drove off. My mom seemed pleased, he seemed happy, and the day went on as normal after that. The next morning, I woke up and went downstairs for breakfast, only to glance out the window and see the van sitting right there in the side driveway. I was a bit confused and surprised to see it sitting in the driveway again, but... I asked my mom if the guy had brought it back for some reason. When I asked this, she looked up from her coffee and sort of just stared at me like I was speaking gibberish. She said that no one had come to look at the van yet, and that she'd only gotten a call from one lady that was going to come out on Saturday to check it out. I mentioned the guy in the ball cap that had come over to buy it yesterday, described him, mentioned that he gave her cash and everything. She just looked at me like I had two heads. I tried to explain it to her the best that I could. I even mentioned the title and the bill of sale that she had written up so that he could drive it away. Things that no nine-year-old should know about randomly. My mom was insistent that it hadn't happened and asked me if I was feeling okay. I was genuinely taken aback. I couldn't understand how I could have such a vivid memory of an event that, apparently, never took place. Had I dreamed the whole thing? I really don't think so. It was definitely a real event that happened. I was a kid, sure, but 
I could tell the difference between dreaming and reality. It was a while before I could push the whole thing out of my head, even at that age. I knew something weird had happened. The van did eventually sell, but not to the guy that I remember buying it. Looking back, it's one of those events that really does bother me. I have no explanation for it, because nothing logical makes sense. My mom wouldn't benefit from lying to me about it, and I'm pretty sure there wasn't some shady deal that they made or something. It was a car sale. However, for whatever reason, that sale just never happened, and someone else got the van. No idea how or why, but that is how it happened. Okay, so, admittedly, I was not, prior to this incident, a big believer in glitches. Heck, if I'm being honest, I sort of pride myself in my own skepticism. I don't and won't even subscribe to religions, which I find incredibly far-fetched. I mean, not to steal some wisdom from a man far smarter than I, but I just believe that not every religion could possibly be true but it's certainly possible for them all to be false. But I digress. That aside, I am not and was not under the influence of anything mind-altering. With that, on with the events of this past evening. So, I went out to do some shopping, and while in the store, my girlfriend asked me to bring back ibuprofen. I respond by telling her that I had found a single bottle recently, and it was high in the cabinets, so if she wanted to wait for me to get back home to grab it instead of her inconveniencing herself, I would be back soon. And so, with the shopping done, I come home, yell to her that I'm back, put away the groceries, and proceed to tell her about my crippling stomach pains. It was a real bad tummy day, which is somewhat routine for me. After I was through complaining... I grab a soda and go over the food that I just bought. She becomes excited for a smoothie that I got her, and I say to hang tight, and I'll go grab it from the fridge. And here is where it gets bizarre. I return with the smoothie and recall that she also needed that ibuprofen, so I go to the cabinet. I reach up top to grab the only bottle of ibuprofen that I know of, and turn to hand it to her. She looks sort of confused and says, You just gave me the ibuprofen, and she holds up the bottle. At which point, I am completely baffled, and I explain to her calmly that not only did I not do that, I definitely only knew where one bottle was. Period. She and I go over the whole chain of events, and the point in time she claims I gave her the bottle was between complaining about my stomach and getting a soda, as though I'd left the room and come back in with the ibuprofen, but the only bottle I knew of was in the cabinet in the same room as her, as in, I could not possibly have left the room and come back with it, because to my knowledge there was none outside of that one bottle. I am extremely aware of only one bottle as she needs it routinely, and we thought we had none about a week ago, after which I discover the one rogue bottle cleaning 
and I placed it in the cabinet knowing full well she would need it sooner or later, and I would have one on hand. I actually almost gave it to someone else who was over complaining of a headache, but checked, and verified that I only had the one bottle, and said, I have only one bottle and my girlfriend's gonna need it, then proceeded to give them the option of any of the other analgesics that I had. So, you see, there's not a snowball's chance in hell that I mistakenly had two bottles to my knowledge, but moreover, I have, as everyone does, knowledge of what it's like to just have a brain fart and not realize something I did on autopilot. This was not that. To conclude, I don't have a history of any cognitive malfunctions, no hiccups or holes in my memory, and I don't do anything risky to jeopardize my gray matter. I firmly believe the brain to be a terrible thing to waste. And also, before anyone asks, the ibuprofen in the cabinet and the bottle she had matched perfectly, even though it was from CVS, which I had not gone to in a long time. I still checked the sales receipts from the store to make sure that I didn't seriously have a gap in recollection of my picking it up while out. This is truly a case for which I am totally in disbelief, and honestly, if I was anyone else reading this, I would just say, yeah, either dude forgot he had a second bottle in the cabinet or she was messing with him. Believe me when I say, folks, I wish that I could just chalk this up to such a simple explanation. The OP made a few edits that we'll go over here. Edit 1. I want to thank everyone who has replied here. I didn't imagine I'd find myself engaged in some very provoking lines of thinking, as a result of so many interesting notions having been introduced. I want to address some of the developments because there's a lot of neat stuff being bounced back and forth in the comments. Edit 2. The Bottles For those who wondered how exactly the bottles were entirely identical, I went back to verify the UPC, and every other random code or numeral match. Same size, pill count, dates, everything. Edit 3. No psychoactive substances have been taken by either of us before this event, or for that matter, even as this thread has developed. We simply don't get all too inebriated all too often. My own health and stomach issues necessitate meds, but nothing that causes confusion. I take a diuretic and laxative for fluid retention and a slow tummy. And even though I take those routinely, this was at the end of a long day, well beyond how long those meds would have impacted me. And I never drink. My job demands that I'm very on point with no room for hangovers or anything that could cloud my judgment. Beyond this, I take specific amino acids for chronic pain and drink Indo-Tea, neither of which are psychoactive or inebriate me, and hadn't been taken in the time frame of this event. Edit 4 we have experienced other weirdness surrounding different incidents, but I could have logically reasoned out how human error and confusion could have played a role. However unlikely in some of those, and thus, that is what I chose to believe when and where I could. This instance doesn't provide me the luxury making it a cut above on my creepy scale. 
Now, with enough time, incidents, and this one specifically, I am quicker to say, I just don't know. Some things can't be explained. As I'm too dumb and typically human, no sixth sense here or specialized knowledge, to say that I've insight into how and why of everything. In truth, even with what most would call a large volume of bizarre in my life, I've tried to remain a skeptical human to present date, and don't dwell too much on any of that bizarro stuff. Again, this incident was different, and somewhat undeniable. This is not the first, and I'm sure it won't be the last glitch in the Matrix I've experienced, but it is the most recent, and by far the most tripped out I've had so far. I've become a bit of a hermit over the last few years. That being said, a couple of weeks ago I was a bit restless, and actually craving company, so I decided to go out for a drink or two in a game of pool. I go to the bar, order a beer and some mozzarella sticks, and I looked around. The place was kind of dead, even for 9pm on a Tuesday. I put a selection of songs on the jukebox and waited to see if anyone seemed to be interested in a game. About four songs in, 15 minutes or so, this cute girl comes over. She must have just got there because I'm sure I would have noticed her before. She mentioned how she really loved Pucifer, the song Faraday River by them happened to be playing. We started talking and shot a couple of games of pool. I had two more beers and bought her a mixed drink Skittles. We talked for a bit longer and then the bartender did last call. It wasn't even midnight yet, but there were only five customers total in the bar, so I settled up my tab, exchanged phone numbers with her, and said I hoped to see her again. It's about two and a half miles from the bar home, and I don't drink and drive, so I started my walk in a great mood. I'd gotten about half a mile when a car pulls up beside me. It was Heather, the girl I'd met at the bar. She asked if I would like a ride home, or maybe if I wasn't tired, I would like to continue our fun evening. I said that I really should get home but I must admit that there was an energy that almost seemed magnetic, and said sure that I would love to continue the evening. So, we stopped by the store, grabbed a bottle of wine and some smokes and snacks, and we went to a lake about five miles from the place, and only about a mile from where she was staying. We threw our blanket on the ground and enjoyed a nice midnight picnic, and, well, yes, things got a bit romantic. Then she said something that I found very, very odd. I swear that I heard her say, that was even better than I remember. She just laughed it off, and we dozed off there next to the lake, cuddling, and woke up to the pre-dawn. I asked her again what she meant when she said better than she remembered. She said it had been about 15 years, but we had met before in Portland. And like this night, we had an amazing time. I said, wait a minute, I definitely would have remembered sharing an evening like this with her. She swore to me that it was true, and 
how would she even know that I was in Portland 15 years ago, or the bar I used to go to where we met? Now, I told her nothing of living in Portland. I only lived there just barely over a year. And after moving to a different state, and three different cities in the 15 years since having moved out to this small logging town in the middle of nowhere. But she said that she could show me proof. So we went to the cabin that she was staying in, and she dug through a box of pictures and pulled out a couple of photos of us, one of me lying on my stomach with my shirt off. I happened to have a very large tattoo on my back, along with quite a few on my arms. There was no mistaking that it was me in those photos with her, except the fact that 15 years ago, I didn't have half of those tattoos. And again, I believe that last night was the first time we had ever met. She kind of laughed it off nervously and changed the subject and asked if I was hungry. We ate breakfast and she dropped me off at my place. I was a bit tripped out, so it took me a few days before I tried calling her. I really couldn't get her out of my mind. I even stopped by her place, but it was obvious that no one was living there now. I don't know what the heck happened, but I get the feeling that maybe we're both riding the time slip waves and catch each other on chance occasions, and what happened 15 years ago for her might still be in my future. Or... Maybe I belong in a mental institution. All I know is that she has definitely made it impossible for me to forget her, even if she ends up being nothing but a figment of my imagination. All I know is that, from my experience, the truth is definitely weirder than fiction. A couple weeks ago, I was walking upstairs in my house, and I looked out the window of the second floor in the foyer. There's a large tree in the front yard that covers half of the view of the window, but you can still see the sky above the tree from the window. There is a single, super bright star that is visible, and I always enjoy looking at it when I go upstairs for the night. On this night, I walked up the stairs and looked out the window, and I noticed that the tree completely covered the window so that no stars were visible. In fact, no part of the sky was visible at all. The only thing I could see was a massive tree. I thought that I must have missed something, or maybe it was cloudy and I just wasn't seeing correctly. So I walked back down the stairs again to see if I could see the star or sky from a different stair step. The tree completely covered the view no matter where I stood. All I could see were the tree leaves from the top of the window to the bottom. I thought, hmm, that's weird. I guess my tree must have suddenly grown extra tall and wide and I just didn't notice? I walked up and down the stairs three or four more times to be sure that I wasn't confused and that I wasn't somehow missing something. The tree was very tall and large, and no sky was visible at all, no matter which stair I was on. Still confused, I then went outside and looked at my tree in the front yard. I noticed it was extra tall and wide. 
I thought that it was odd that this was the first time I noticed how large and white it was, but assumed maybe I just misremembered how it was. Or maybe it literally grew overnight. I chalked it all up to me being inattentive and thought that it was a bummer, that I wouldn't be able to see the stars from my window anymore. I kind of forgot about it all until the next night when I was coming up the stairs and happened to look out the window again. This time, though, the tree was back to the size that I thought it was supposed to be the day before and was not blocking the whole window anymore. I saw the same bright star that I had always seen out of my window for the last two years since I moved into my new house. The leaves were no longer blocking the view. I was so confused. I walked up and down my stairs several times to see if I could have been standing somewhere else, and the tree would have blocked the view, like it had the night before. No matter where I stood, the tree never completely blocked the view of the sky from the window. I tried for about 10 minutes to find a spot on my stairs where the view I had the night before could be replicated, and I couldn't do it. Perplexed, I went outside and realized that my tree was no longer massively extra tall and wide like it was the day before. It was back to the way I'd originally thought it was. I spent so much time the first night trying to figure out why the tree blocked the sky view, and then trying to rationalize the change. I got really freaked out the next night when it was the exact opposite. I have no real explanation for this other than perhaps this was a glitch. If not in the Matrix, then maybe in my brain? I still find it pretty unsettling. I've told this story to several people, and no one has really believed me. They just awkwardly shrugged and moved on. But maybe someone on here might appreciate this story. Anyway, a couple of years ago, I had just graduated high school and didn't know what to do with my life yet, or which college to go to. Since my sister is a lot older than me, by the time I graduated, she had already gotten married had a baby, and moved into a new house. They had just put in a brand new kitchen, and then they went to visit her husband's parents, that live in another state. My sister asked me if I wanted to house-sit and feed their cat two times a day. I said yes, because I was still living with my parents and wanted some time to myself, without my parents constantly nagging at me about what I wanted to do with my life. They were right, of course, but I wanted some peace. So, I stayed at my sister's house. I played with the cat, fed the cat regularly, watched movies, used their PlayStation, and so on. I often had to stand in the kitchen and wait for the cat to finish her food. She was a very picky eater, and I had to make sure that she actually ate what I fed her. So, I was standing there every day looking around randomly, being a little bored. I vividly remember that the kitchen was in a really bright red color. My sister thought that it looked great, and her husband just let her pick the color without interfering, because my sister is the one that cooks anyways. I wasn't that interested in kitchens, but 
I definitely noticed the red color, and I thought a couple of times that it was too bright and eye-catching. They might actually get sick of it easily and have to pay a huge amount of money to change it. I also took pictures and videos of the house to show them to my girlfriend. We joked about getting married and buying a house like this too, even though we both felt way too young for that and didn't even have jobs yet. I also filmed the kitchen and said to my girlfriend jokingly that I wouldn't let her choose a color like this, because it's not my cup of tea. It's too ugly. She agreed with me. She wouldn't let me choose a color like this either. Several weeks later, I got accepted into college and moved. So, I didn't stay at my sister's house at all. Approximately one year later, I was back at my parents' house for holidays, and my sister invited us all to dinner. I helped bringing out the food and returning used dishes and loading them into the dishwasher. While doing that, I noticed that they had a white kitchen now. I was confused, but I didn't say anything because there was a lot going on. A couple of hours later, I texted my sister because I remembered the new kitchen, and I thought it was funny that I was right all along. I texted her, saying, Why'd you change your kitchen so soon? I thought you would get sick of the red, but I didn't think you would change the kitchen to a white one that fast. She was really confused because she had no idea what I was talking about. We texted back and forth, and she explained that their kitchen had always been white, from day one when they had it installed in the new house. There has never been a red kitchen, not even in the planning phases, I thought that this was extremely weird, but I didn't want to give up. I suspected that she was pranking me. I looked up the pictures and videos on my phone. My heart sank when I saw it. The kitchen was white in every picture and video. I asked my girlfriend if she remembered me sending her the videos of my sister's house, and if yes, what color was the kitchen? And she said yes. She remembered watching the video and talking to me about the red kitchen. It couldn't have been a dream. I definitely stayed at my sister's house. My sister remembered me staying there and feeding the cat until they came back from their vacation. And my girlfriend clearly remembered watching the video with a red kitchen in it, but the color has changed in the video. So it can't be a prank by my sister or a false memory. My girlfriend and I couldn't have hallucinated another color at the same time. We had a long-distance relationship and only talked on the phone or texted. We never did any drugs at all, and there was no alcohol involved either. And, lastly, it wouldn't make sense for me to invent a story like this if it didn't actually happen. If I had to fabricate something, I would make it a lot more creepy and interesting. Not this boring kitchen color change. I still have no explanation, besides it being a glitch in the Matrix. You could argue that it could be a Mandela effect or a switch to a parallel reality too, but I believe that this is debatable. All these things might essentially stem from the same root. Maybe more random details changed in my life, but I just don't notice it.
a bit of context first. I live in a small town that, together with two other smaller towns from the neighboring state, compose a kind of cluster, like a triangle with a town on each tip. Let's call them Towns A, mine, Town B, and Town C. The towns are no more than four miles apart from each other, and are all connected. For as long as I'm alive, the road between Town A and B, and Town B and C, were paved, but the AC route remained a dirt road. I've been in both towns countless times, traveled these roads by bus, cars, motorcycle, bicycle, and even on foot for some occasions. I know these paths like I know the back of my hand. It's a beautiful place, surrounded by wooded hills, coffee and grape crops, rural communities, etc. So, it's 2019, and the prefectures of my town and town C decide to pave the road between them. Since they're in different states, they agree to start paving each own its own side until the construction meets at the border. Great news for both towns. The construction begins. Every now and then I hear that the road is looking great. People would say things like, I've been to Town C this weekend and the construction looks nice already. And can't wait till the road is finished. And so on. 2020 comes around and so does COVID. Right before the lockdown strikes, we learn that the road was almost finished. Constructions were close to meet each other at the state border. Around one month stuck indoors, or desperate for a change of scenery and some fresh air. So, we decided to take a drive along towns B and C, enjoying the view and some music. We wouldn't even get out of the car, just drive. At this point, we had heard that the construction had finished and the road was now smooth and paved. I specifically remember my grandmother saying it as she went to town C to deliver supplies to her sister at the time. One morning, we all hop in the car and just take off. We went to Town B and then Town C, but as we left Town C, ready to enter the road, we were shocked to find that nothing had changed. It was still the same old dirt road that we had known for decades. Confused, we returned home, noticing that we were the only ones on the road that day. We couldn't spot any sign of construction or new infrastructure. Absolutely nothing had changed. We'd heard so much about it from so many different people that it just made no sense. The only strange thing was that we didn't see anyone else on the road but us, after we left Town C. It was a bit unusual, but nothing impossible at that time. Apart from all that, it was a beautiful day and we all had a great time. When we shared our experience with relatives and friends, they found it just as puzzling as we did. Some even suggested that we might have taken the wrong road, but we know that that's absolutely impossible. However, by the end of 2020, as things were trying to get back to normal, we decided to revisit the road. And, lo and behold, it was indeed paved, just as everyone had claimed before our first drive. My father jokingly suggests that we may have traveled in time, and sometimes I can't help but wonder if there's some truth to that.
I'm not sure if this would be a glitch story or a paranormal story, but here it is. For several summers, I worked at my uncle's restaurant so that his employees could take turns at having vacations. I waited tables, washed dishes, mopped floors, and whatever else needed to get done. This was in West Texas, and the summers were very hot, often triple-digit temperatures for weeks. I had developed a system of cooling down every day when I got home. I walked the six blocks to my little apartment, came inside, and locked and deadbolted the door behind me, and stripped down naked in the front hallway. Then, I went straight to the bathroom and had a nice long shower. After I got dressed in pajama shorts and a t-shirt, I went to the kitchen and made myself a tall glass of water with lots of ice. I sipped several glasses of water while watching my TV shows. My routine never varied. One day, I arrived home as usual, peeled off my sweaty, stinky shirt, jeans, socks, panties, and bra as usual, and headed to the bathroom for my shower. After dressing in my cool, comfy pajama shorts and a t-shirt, I went to the kitchen for my long-awaited ice water. I arrived in the kitchen and was about to get a glass from the dishwasher when something on the counter caught my attention. It was a tall glass of water filled to the top with ice, just as I always made it. It was slightly frosty on the outside, as though the glass had been in the freezer. I stood there for a minute trying to understand what had happened. I carefully walked around my apartment. Of course, nobody was there, and both doors were locked and deadbolted. Nobody else had keys to my apartment. I decided it was just a nice, sympathetic gesture from someone or something, and that I would accept it as such. I was grateful. I have no explanation for this incident, and it never happened again. My best friend and I watch movies together all the time. Sometimes just the two of us, sometimes with our group of friends. We had watched The Amazing Spider-Man sometime after it came out, just the two of us, and we both loved it. My friend in particular liked it, telling me how much better this one was than that Tobey Maguire trash, as he puts it. When The Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out, we were really looking forward to it, and it seemed okay for the first third of the movie, and then things suddenly took a turn. It seemed awful to us. We remember overacting and what to us at the time seemed like really bad direction. So bad that we had to stop and look some things up. This must not be the same director. It was. Did he have a drug issue or something during the making? He didn't. We watched the rest of the movie perplexed as to how the same actors and director ended up making such a terrible movie. More than a year later, perhaps a couple of years, I don't really remember how much later it was, but we decided to watch it again and give it a second chance. It was great from beginning to end. It was like a completely different movie. Good acting and direction, 
scenes I don't remember and scenes that I can almost remember not being there. My friend and I both agreed that it seemed like a completely different movie, and that we must have slipped timelines or something, and now we reside in the universe where the sequel is also a great movie. If it was just me, I would write this off as corrupted memories being colored by a mood or expectation or something, but both of us had the exact same thing happen. The movie seemed to change for the both of us. To this day, we both cannot get over it, and we're on the lookout for things changing in movies that we've seen before. So far, nothing else except the classic Mandela effects other people also report. Like C-3PO's leg suddenly changing colors. Here's a bit of a mundane glitch, but a glitch all the same. One afternoon, my partner and I were driving along a dual carriageway, returning from Hertford, England, traveling east. The speed limit on this road is 70 miles per hour, and I expressed irritation at being stuck behind slow drivers doing under 50, trapping us in, unable to overtake. The culprit this time was a light blue car with rolled up plaid and tartan blankets in the back. My partner joked, I bet they're small and old, because most extremely slow drivers always turn out to be a tiny old person who could barely see over the wheel. As soon as I was able to overtake, sure enough, it was a little white-haired old man with an old woman in the passenger seat. Told you, my partner said, and we laughed. We approached a large roundabout at which we go all the way around to the right and onto another dual carriageway, south towards London. We were held there on a red light and joked that soon those old people will catch us up. This is a roundabout where, a quarter of the way around, I need to move from the right lane into the left at the next set of traffic lights. I looked in the mirror as I did so. No slow old people around, so I assumed they had either still not caught up, or they were taking the north exit towards Cambridge. Once the lights turned green, I was off. I went around, and I came down the on-ramp onto the next dual carriageway. About three minutes into this journey, we came up behind a slow-moving blue car with rolled-up tartan and plaid blankets in the back, and... I had to overtake these same old people again. I exclaimed confusion about this. My partner simply nervously laughed with nothing to say. It completely defied logic. To be that far ahead of us, they would have needed to have sped past us at the traffic lights. There is no other way down onto that dual carriageway, no other road that could be used as a shortcut. The exits only go north, south, or west, yet they were still going slow. How could they not only catch up with me, but overtake me unseen and result in me still needing to overtake them again due to their crawling speed? Hey, I have a second story. The story is about my cousin who asked me to submit it. When he was about 18, 
he was looking at universities in the west of England. My aunt drove him to an open day from their home in Bishop Stortford, Hertfordshire, to Worcester. This journey takes about two and a half to three hours. They left at 9 a.m., arriving at Worcester University just before 12, and had lunch on campus. The open day consisted of a tour that began at 1 p.m., followed by a Q&A session with whoever would be running the courses you were considering, and then a chance to pick up leaflets and a goodie bag of stationery. All of this took less than two hours. It was about 10 to 3 when they departed, glad to be leaving early enough to beat the peak hour traffic outside Birmingham. Their journey was normal. It felt like the same amount of time as the outgoing journey. Only, upon returning, all of their clocks, both in the car and in the house, said it was just half past three. There had been no 5pm traffic jams as they had re-entered Bishop Stortford, which is a small, heavily congested town. There is no way that they could have done that journey in just 40 minutes. It's impossible. There are two alternative routes to Worcester, but they take more than three hours. They spend days afterwards feeling completely bewildered. I'm not on Reddit a lot, so I don't really know how to start this. But here is some context to the situation. In December of 2021, I met this girl online who happens to live in my area. We started talking, and after about a week, she came over to my house and picked me up for our first date. A few months later, in March of 2022, we officially started dating. Some key points that you need to know is as follows. Firstly, she drives a very recognizable car. It is a sunflower yellow Volkswagen Beetle with a black drop top that has silver rims. Additionally, it is a very particular shade of yellow which makes it even easier to distinguish. At the time, she had split green and black hair where the green was a mix between emerald green and pastel jade. In November of 2022, eight months later, I broke up with her after finding out that she had been cheating on me and we've been no contact since then. Finally, she lives about 40 minutes away from me, and has really no business being in the part of town where I live. So, this is where things get weird. A few times now, I've seen similar looking cars, and even one time a car that looked exactly like hers. However, never has it been her driving. Last week, I left my house and was maybe only a few minutes down the road. As I'm sitting at a four-way intersection, a car comes from the right side and passes on to the left, basically cutting across the intersection perpendicular to where I was sitting. It was an exact match to her bug. Same shade of yellow, black drop top, silver rims. I look to see who's driving it, and it's a girl who looks to be about my age with exact same split-colored hair as my ex. In the moment, I didn't think much of it besides, oh, well, there goes my ex. But the more I thought about it, the more I've been freaking myself out. 
Now, I've never been one to believe in superstitious things. However, this moment in particular has been on my mind quite a bit. I know in my heart that there are unexplainable things that go on, but I try not to think about it too much. The amount of coincidences that had to have taken place for me to experience what I saw feels like it's not a coincidence anymore. So, let me get this straight. You're telling me that a girl who looks exactly like my ex is driving an actual replica of my ex's car down to the very last detail, who also happens to be driving in the direction of my house, just passed by. Yeah, I don't think so. The more I thought about it, I started to wonder if that actually was my ex. But according to all of her social media, her last post was a few days ago, her hair is completely different color than it was before. She also was put on some weight. So, we've now confirmed that it was not my ex driving past me last week. I'm about to sound like a wacko, but stay with me. Every fiber in my body is telling me that I had just experienced a past version of my ex driving to meet me for the first time, and I'd experienced from an outsider's perspective. I know that that sounds insane, and that I should probably take my meds, but I swear I've been thinking about it so much and it adds up. Her hair? Check. Her car? Check. Her destination? Check. Her reason for being in my part of town? Check. It all makes sense, except for the fact that parallel universes don't exist, right? I know this sounds fake as hell, and if you think so, that's alright. I just wanted to share this experience with the internet in hopes that someone could take me out of my insanity, or, rather, egg me into it. My friend and I see the same doctor, so we ride together. It takes approximately two hours to get there. On a stretch of highway between my house and the city where we hit the interstate, we get behind a very slow driver. My friend didn't have the opportunity to pass the slow-moving truck and was getting worried about being late for our appointment. I tell her not to worry and that we'll make it with time to spare. It takes about 45 minutes from my house to the interstate. We reach the exit and she tells me to look at the time. We made it in 13 minutes, which is absolutely not possible. We both kind of freaked out. We hit the interstate and head to our appointment, and we made it to the doctor's office with an hour to spare, which would have been impossible. We then realize that neither one of us remembers a very long stretch of the interstate, that we hate to go through. It gets crazier. Before we left my house, she borrowed a pair of earrings from me that were silver, as she hates gold. On the way back home, I glanced over at her, and the earrings are now gold. I didn't say anything because it really messed with me. We got back to our town and she dropped me off and said that she would be back with my medication. When she returned, she looked like she was in shock. She asked me if I had noticed that the earrings were now gold. 
I told her that I had noticed earlier on the way home, but couldn't believe what I was seeing, so I didn't say anything. This happened months ago, and we still get really creeped out whenever we talk about that day. I tell her that this is not the first time that I have experienced a glitch in the Matrix, but it still freaks me out every time. Before I read this story, I want to give a shout-out to the author, Kathleen, because not only did she submit her experience, she did so and used the word of the week last week, which was murky. I'm not going to put the story on the end screen, but I'll give her a shout-out in the video itself, so good job on that, Kathleen. Now for the story. My boyfriend Kenny, my two-year-old son Jimmy, and I embarked on a road trip from New Mexico to California headed towards my home in Los Angeles. We had recently relocated to Silver City, New Mexico, and as we set off, the darkness of the late night or early morning surrounded us. Restlessness always plagued me during car rides due to my anxiety, especially at night. However, despite my struggle, sleep managed to engulf me without any recollection of drifting off. Kenny experienced the same sensation. He must have succumbed to slumber, yet neither of us remembered stopping to rest. Abruptly, our reality underwent a bewildering transformation. The world around us morphed into this crimson murkiness, accompanied by an unsettling clamor. The car continued its motion, and both Kenny and I shared an eerie premonition that we were hurtling towards a perilous cliff. Overwhelmed by shock, I muttered only a single question. What's happening? Kenny's bewildered response echoed mine. I don't know. For about half a minute, the cacophony, movement, and dust persisted until abruptly ceasing. To our astonishment, we found ourselves parked near a set of train tracks. Neither of us could recall pulling over or falling asleep. Our minds still clung to the belief that we were in the midst of driving towards the edge of a cliff. Thus unfolded this glitch in our reality. Meanwhile, my son peacefully slumbered in the back seat, blissfully unaware of the surreal experience that we had just encountered. My keys disappeared and then reappeared like nothing was wrong. This happened last week, and I know how it sounds, and you could easily dismiss this as I just misplaced them for a while, but it felt like so much more than that, and it just didn't make sense. To get a sense of the place that I live, it's on the third floor, and for access you need a key for the gate on the second floor. It's a small individual apartment, and there's one bedroom, one bathroom, and then the kitchen and living area. So, it's a small place with just the basics. It was just a regular evening. I was waiting for a friend of mine to come, because I was lending him my camera for work. When he arrived, I grabbed the camera and was reaching for the keys and noticed they're not in their place. Like a lot of people, I have a particular spot where I leave them. I thought to myself, well, maybe I left them on the sofa. At first glance, they're not there. 
I clean up the sofa, and nothing. Now, this sofa is a cheap one. There's no cracks where your stuff could fall in. I look in the kitchen, my bedroom, and I can't find them. The more time passes, I start to feel very uneasy. I'm getting this weird headache, and feeling just general weirdness. My friend's been waiting for like 20 minutes, and my neighbor comes so I can take the chance to go out and give my friend the camera so he can go. I go back to my apartment and turn everything upside down. I moved the fridge, the stove, undid my bed, the pillows, crawled around the whole floor checking under everything. I double-checked everything that I checked. I even checked to see if I somehow left them stuck to the door. They were nowhere to be found. I thought that I was losing my mind. Felt like I was going crazy. The headache wasn't going away, and I felt like I was losing balance. Finally, I said, I need to calm down and just rest for a moment. I took a pillow and laid on the sofa, and I fell asleep for like 15 minutes. When I got up, my headache was gone. I moved the pillow and heard the sound of the keys. I quickly lift the pillow and they were there. It was as if they were there the whole time and I just somehow didn't see them. Of course, this made no sense to me and I can't explain what happened without sounding crazy. Did my keys glitch to another place and then come back to me? I just feel like I need to share this somewhere so I don't feel like it's stuck with me. Hello. I listen to your show often, and the glitch stories are my favorite. I knew that this is where I would share my experiences. I'll start with the one that shook me the most. These incidents started in 2020. I was staying in a one-bedroom apartment with my two kids. The kids had the room, I had the sofa bed in the living room. Very small apartment, as I was coping with COVID lockdown and work from home times being a single parent, it was tough, but we were happy. The living room wall was the other side of my kids' room. One early morning at around 2am, I heard my daughter laughing and trying to whisper, No, no, no. Ah, uh, really? Like she does when she gets too involved in whatever video game she was playing at the time. My concern was her being up so late. I went to go reprimand her and she was asleep. Like, deep sleep. And all of her devices were on the floor or their room desk charging. I know my kids. I know when they're faking. And she was asleep. I brushed it off and went to lie back down myself. The next time, maybe about two weeks later, I was woken up by the sound of my son waking up. He was six at the time, and he has autism. His comfort is to rock back and forth while sitting when he's happy or excited. When he wakes up, he either turns on the TV, plays on his Nintendo Switch, his tablet, or comes to get me. I thought to myself as I listened to him rocking on the bed, shoot, I forgot to charge his tablet and his Switch, and was thinking how, as a mom, I had dropped the ball. I heard him getting frustrated trying to turn on his switch and I hear him banging it on the bed. Nothing new. I yell out, Stop banging the switch! I'll charge it! 
I get up to soothe him, and he is deep asleep. The Nintendo Switch was on the other side of the room. He was still under the covers asleep. Now, I couldn't pretend that this did not happen. The sound of him woke me out of my sleep. As I was wide awake, I could hear him rocking. I heard the sound of him attaching the controllers to the Nintendo. I heard him banging it, and I heard his angry expressions. I plugged in his Nintendo so it would be charged when he actually woke up and sat down staring at the wall. This happened two more times in the same apartment. I would wake up to the sound of my kids laughing, or talking, only to find them asleep. I share a wall with several neighbors. Only one has children, but they were older. Every parent knows the sound of their child. I heard my children all those times. I know how they laugh, I know how they sigh. I moved two years later, and so far it has never happened again. Now, I don't know if I was hearing different timelines, just a glitch, I don't know. But I would love to know what that was. My fiancé has a bag that she brings to and from work with her computer. She decided to do some overtime, so she asked me to grab the computer and set it up. I said okay and did as she asked. I couldn't find the mouse. I looked in every crevice of the bag, and when I brought it up, she was confused as well as she very well remembered putting it all the way. She also checked the bag with no luck. We looked in our small apartments and couldn't find it. She said whatever and just did her work. The next day, she asked me to grab some chapstick out of her bag, and lying in the bag in the big zipper pocket was, you guessed it, the mouse. I know that she wouldn't have pranked me or something, because it's so random, and she's not like that. I've recently really been into glitches, and I thought about one happening to me, and, well, I guess it happened. This happened to me yesterday. I noticed that one of my many pictures had become detached from what it was stuck to, so I decided to change the blue tack. This I did noticing that one or two were loose, so I changed them as well. I then slid the poster holder back over the top, only to see some of the pictures had come loose again. So, off came the holder and with it the removable hook which I took and laid on the arm of the chair promptly fell off onto the floor. I heard the damn thing land. After resticking the pictures, I looked for the hook on the floor, and it's not there. Now, I'm in an area of about three foot squared, and it couldn't have gone far. I moved the chair, the table, the boxes behind the chair, and I've hoovered knowing the hook is too big to be sucked up. It's not there. You can't miss a plastic hook with a green tie on a red carpet. And, as I said, I'm still looking for it. I work in a plant that makes trailers. 
Some are made of aluminum, some of stainless steel. These trailers are used to transport food or chemicals with trucks. And the whole process is done in this plant, from shaping the metal to welding, cleaning, and spray painting. The last part is placing the tank on the chassis, attaching the wheels and other accessories. My job is the chemical cleaning of the stainless steel tanks. At the time, I had put a ladder against the tank to get on top, which is about 4 meters high, or 13 feet. The part where the ladder touches the tank was a bit tricky, because there was little room to place your foot. One day, I climbed the ladder carrying a spraying pump in one hand. I reached the spot where I could just place the tip of my foot, and I slipped. But the next thing I remembered... I was standing back at the bottom of the ladder with the pump still in my hand, and no recollection of a fall. I was completely confused how this was possible. A colleague could not understand either, and said that I could have been killed or seriously injured. The situation was taken up with security, and now I have a completely safe platform to get on top of the tank. I like to think that it just wasn't my time to die and my guardian angel stepped in. Nor was it a glitch in the Matrix. When my children were younger, I rarely got any time to myself. One weekend morning, I woke early and decided to go downstairs and have a peaceful coffee. I grabbed my phone from the bedside table and quietly made my way to the kitchen. I started the coffee and decided to flip through my phone while I waited. I couldn't find it. I looked around the kitchen and living room and thought that I must have left it upstairs, but I didn't want to go back up and wake anyone, so I left it. I made my coffee and looked at the jigsaw on the kitchen table that I had finished the night before, it had one piece missing, and I searched for it unsuccessfully before going to bed. I groaned at how annoying it was, and went into the living room to watch the news on TV. I couldn't find the remote control. I put my coffee on the coffee table and got down and looked under the sofa, and then I pulled up the seat cushions and checked under them. Then I looked everywhere else. Nothing. I finished my coffee in silence and went back into the kitchen with my mug. I said out loud, Okay, the joke's over. Put my things back. I rinsed the mug and went back to the living room. There, on the sofa, exactly where I had been sitting drinking my coffee, was my phone, the TV remote, and the jigsaw piece, all in a row, on the seat. I whispered thank you, because I didn't know what else to do. So that was this week's collection of Glitch in the Matrix stories on the As the Raven Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this collection of glitchy goodness. If you did and would like to listen to more of this, you can always check out the other episodes of the podcast, or support the channel further by actually going to my YouTube channel and checking out my videos. Just go to YouTube and search As The Raven Dreams. You can also go to AsTheRavenDreams.com for lots of other good stuff. 
ways to get early access, read stories that I've written, submit your own story, and things like that. All that said, friends, thank you very much for listening. I do hope to see you in two weeks on the next Glitch in the Matrix episode. But until then, sleep well.